0: Hello, guys. Welcome back. This is Tom from the Progressive Mind Center Podcast. Thanks as always for listening. I hope that you enjoy this content and please leave a review for us to help us improve and grow and any comments that you might have and want to share. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about grief and loss. I'm moving away from talking about some current affairs and we're going to be focusing on something that we all endure, that we all experience a part of our normal human experience, and that's grief. And grief is really the way that we respond to loss. Now, this could be the loss of a loved one, a friend, a a colleague. It could even be the loss of a current situation or maybe a thing. Either way, we all go through this period of grieving, and it's different for each one of us. I mean, there's no real time set on how long you need to grieve. Uh, However, moving through the grief and reaching that final stage of acceptance and learning how to manage whenever your triggers come up is the essential part of enduring through the grief and living the life that you want to live. So let's first refresh our memories about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and the stages of death and dying or grief and loss. And now this was really from the perspective of the person who was either terminally ill or who's facing the end of their life. And they were going through these stages as a way to kind of cope and move through and finally accept the fact that they were uh, going to pass on. So we've kind of adapted this uh, for Uh, the opposite, the person who is dealing with the loss of their loved one and is going through these same uh, stages. So um, let's refresh our memories. Uh, There are five stages of death and dying and grief and loss. One, denial. And this is where we start to question whether or not this is actually happening. And we refuse to believe that uh, this is going to be the case, that we're going to lose uh, this person or this thing or situation. Or I'll continue to refer to it as a person. Now, the second stage is the anger stage. And this is where we may uh, experience mild to severe forms of anger and hostility, that this is actually happening, that we're losing uh, this person. Now, uh, keep in mind that And we're talking about these stages that, uh, there is such a thing as anticipatory grief. And that is somebody who is, uh, dying or terminally ill. And we are getting ready, uh, for them to pass. Um, this is sort of a planned (laughs) event if you want to call it that. Um, now this is uh, different than a traumatic, uh, uh, Experience or a traumatic grief, and this is when maybe there was an accident that happened, or or somebody passed away unexpectedly, and so there are kind of some some differences in how we experience the grief that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, uh, but there's this uh, second stage of anger uh, that comes up as a response to now. The third stage is the bargaining uh, stage, and, and this is where uh, from the a perspective of the person who is dealing with the end of their life, where they may start to uh, um, uh, bargain that if I just live better, if I uh, eat healthier or live a better life or, or you know, um, make some positive changes that, you know, I could extend my life a little bit further. And for those of us who are grieving uh, the loss, maybe it's uh, a way that, that we're sort of hoping to bring the person back um uh, or maybe exchange my life for theirs or or something even though we know that that's uh not rational or real you know, we still kind of go through that stage um then uh, the fourth stage is depression this is where our our ultimate sadness and um suffering comes into play and uh, this may last uh, a long period of time. And we may go back to other stages, um, uh, especially the anger one. Sometimes we end up cycling back and forth between anger and depression. As we move to the final stage, which is the the goal is to move through all of these stages, uh, to the fifth one, which is acceptance. And that's accepting the fact that um, if you're grieving that this person uh, is gone that they have passed away or that the situation has come to an end or or that i no longer have that uh item or thing uh that i've lost and uh also the the person who is experiencing uh uh, uh the death or dying part comes to the acceptance that they are um uh are leaving and the acceptance part is the the aha, like the, okay, I'm okay, I'm fine. I, I've accepted that this is what has happened, or this is what's going to happen. And uh, I'm going to just enjoy uh, every moment that, uh, that I have now. Uh, so those are the stages of death and dying, grief and loss. Let me uh, jump into sharing my story about a recent loss that I have experienced. And this isn't you know, to gain any kind of uh, uh, sympathy uh, from anyone. But I just wanted to disclose this to kind of share how I've worked through it and some of the things I've experienced. Uh, About a year ago, uh, my sister, Michelle, who was 38, um, passed away unexpectedly. And uh, this was a a traumatic uh, expression of grief uh, that myself and my family uh, experienced. Um, It it wasn't it wasn't that she was sick or anything or that this was, uh, you know, an anticipatory thing. Uh, It just sort of happened uh, seemingly out of the blue. And uh, uh, we were forced to kind of come together and deal with this. And uh, it it can be trying at times or was trying uh, at times, but uh, I think we've successfully worked together uh, as a family. Uh, Now, uh, in sharing this story, I'll talk a little bit more about it uh, as we move through how we experience grief and some helpful uh, tips. Um, But I want you to keep in mind that grief um, uh, over the loss is not something that ever really goes away. it's just that the triggers um that bring about the the grief um or the painful emotions become less frequent uh, if that makes sense so um it's not ever something that you completely get over the loss uh, of someone or the situation or the thing or you know what have you but it, it's that the 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 triggers become less now when you are triggered whether it's uh, a month from the time um uh the event happened where the person you know passed or whether it's 10 years the emotions are still as intense as when it just happened so keep that in mind so it's good uh and healthy for us to come up with these positive ways uh to cope with it um then sometimes it might be a little easier to cope sometimes it may be a little less Um, but it's something that we'll just have to endure uh, throughout the course of our lives. Now, uh, growing up, my sister Michelle and I were very close. And of course, as you grow older and you start to have your own lives, uh, it's not that we necessarily grew apart, um, but we just had our own lives and then we would come together for holidays and such. And uh, it was really interesting because during the holidays when we would Uh, joke with each other. We like to make each other laugh. It was as if there had not been that almost, you know, six months to a year where we didn't see each other or didn't communicate. Uh, It was kind of funny that way. It was like we were, you know, um, 10 and 13 years old again. Um, So anyway, let's jump into how we experience grief. And I'll just uh, talk about some of the things that happen uh, to us. There's this feeling of hopelessness and helplessness that comes over us. This being out of control, you know, uh, we like to organize and control things in our life and make decisions. And when this happens, it's sort of that supreme, you know, realization that um, things outside of me and out of my control uh, happen, things that are traumatic uh, for me. And this is uh, hard to, uh, uh, to come to terms with. There's also an intense sadness that may come uh, about it, um, based on this hopelessness and helplessness and, and the lost. Also, a rumination about uh, events that took place that led up to or that preceded, uh, or just the ruminating over uh, all the things that maybe we're not going to experience moving forward with that person since they're no longer uh, here. Um, there's an emotional instability that comes. You may experience that your emotions are uh, up and down and left and right, and you really can't get uh, a hold on them. It becomes difficult to manage your emotions, uh, especially at the very beginning. And there's also this physical suffering that takes place, you know, and that's probably related to The fact that uh, oftentimes we're not really taking care of ourselves um, and uh, our brains are sort of, you know, um, going through these rapid fire uh, thoughts where it becomes difficult maybe even to sleep uh, or, you know, focus on taking care like eating and, you know, doing the things we need to do to stay healthy. Um, Also, anger, uh, anger at the situation anger at ourselves, that maybe there was something we missed or something we could have done um, in the situation with my sister, you know. Um, uh, There were maybe some uh, uh, things that uh, I could, I felt like I could have done differently, that maybe there was some help that uh, she needed in regards to, you know, um, mental health and well-being, that especially me being a clinician, uh, I feel this anger and guilt towards myself that, that maybe there was something i missed or some intervention i could have done or, or referred out or gotten help in a, a different way and it's something that i've had to kind of uh come to terms with and deal with uh there's also especially if this was uh a, a traumatic uh, uh event uh traumatic grief um this confusion and disbelief and shock that this is actually happening our anxiety increases as well. Um, Just being stressed and anxious over uh, virtually anything, and we really can't identify where it's coming from, but this uh, almost like paranoia and this, you know, um, realization of our own uh, mortality (laughs) comes in. Uh, Also fatigue, Um, not just physical fatigue, but also emotional fatigue. We end up feeling drained uh, most days, especially at the beginning or when you're triggered the most. You may even experience intense and disturbing dreams, uh, and this can lead to you know not being able to feel like you're well-rested and uh, adds to the fatigue. An overall uh, feeling of sadness can lead to just depression uh, for a period of time or maybe a long period of time and pain. Physical pain, mental pain and anguish, and emotional pain. There's this yearning uh, that comes for, from the grieving process, and maybe even a disorganization, you know, finding it difficult to kind of manage your day, not only your emotions, but just your day to day activities, coupled with this deep sense of despair uh, over the loss and uh, maybe our inability to kind of cope in a positive way. We also may experience this loss of a part of ourselves. We feel like there's a part missing now because we lost uh, this person, this this person that we love or care about. Now this isn't a comprehensive list of all the things that happen, but just some of the uh, uh, the ways we experience grief. So now let's kind of move into our coping and adapting. So first we have to identify maybe our current coping mechanisms, um, how we are currently dealing, uh, with the grief and, uh, some might be the strong ones. You know, I have to be strong for myself and for my family. So I can't show emotion. I can't be, uh, a mess. <laughs> I can't be the grieving one, uh, even though you're grieving still, Uh, even if we try to avoid it. And uh, so that leads to another way that we uh, uh, cope, which can be an avoidance to the triggers and to the thoughts and the feelings, uh, trying to focus on something else. And a lot of times when we avoid uh, triggers and emotions and thoughts, they become worse. (laughs) It's like, don't, don't think about a pink elephant. And suddenly that's all you can really think about. We tend to obsess on something else, and this can be a way to occupy ourselves or to avoid dealing with the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions. Uh, But I want to make it clear that even though it's painful and difficult, the important part of our grieving process is, at some point, to deal with, to focus on our own thoughts and feelings, our own stuff, um, in regards to the loss there may be anger, frustration, or even a retaliation. you know, maybe you lost uh somebody that was a boyfriend or girlfriend, and you went through a breakup, and so you have this you know desire to get back at them or maybe even get back at a higher power or God for you know putting you through this or for taking this person away from you um, We also can have maybe more positive mechanisms uh, that like, uh, regards to reflecting, uh, in a positive way about them. You know, it's not all bad, uh, our mechanisms that we have built up. Um, but be wary of some negative or harmful, uh, behaviors, uh, like avoidance. And especially if it leads to you engaging in any addictive behaviors or substance abuse, uh, this can, Uh, be very challenging because uh, drugs and alcohol, unfortunately, can work in the uh, immediate time, Um, but they help you just not deal with those thoughts or feelings, and it can become something that your subconscious mind uh, forms positive associations to. You know, drugs and alcohol and how they help you cope or, or not deal with those thoughts and feelings. And, and so this sets off a chain of events that may be hard to stop. So be wary of any harmful or addictive behaviors that you're engaging in. And there are other coping mechanisms that it would be good for you to identify that you're engaging in or that you're utilizing. So let's move uh, on how we're going to adapt to this new normal now we said that going through the stages and finally reaching that acceptance is really the uh, the pinnacle or the the goal uh, to shoot for but also this idea of adaptation to the new normal um and this can be a rewarding process you may be able to learn more about yourself and uh, how you want to, you know, live your life moving forward. And maybe it is even uh, to honor uh, that person. And these can be more positive thoughts and lead to more positive feelings. So acceptance and adaptation to the new normal. Next, it's very important for us to recognize the triggers uh, that come up. These can be uh, things that happen in our day-to-day lives could be smells or thoughts or music or um, things that remind you of the person. And these triggers are going to cause an emotional response in us, uh, a release. And uh, these are things to be uh, on top of, things to be not necessarily wary of, but things to identify and uh, look for so that when they do come up, we can deal with them appropriately, and in a positive way, we can cope. So it's important for you to recognize what the triggers are, and then when they do come up, what can you do about them? What are some steps that you can take that would help you manage those uh, feelings and thoughts, and sort of prevent the mental and emotional pains and anguish? Let's also remind ourselves that it is important to take care of our own health. It's very important that we make sure that we eat and that we sleep and that we take care of our responsibilities, that we go to work and that we function appropriately, that we engage in self-care. A lot of times when we're going through this grieving process, we feel almost like uh, we kind of need to maybe legitimately suffer this or that we have to punish ourselves or that it's some sort of uh, uh, penance that we have to pay, maybe especially if we feel guilty about ourselves or that, you know, because there was something we could have done differently or that we could have changed to, to prevent this from happening. Um, but it is important for you to make sure you take care of yourself. Also, Let's find ways to focus on the positive, the good, the happy memories about the person that we lost. This can be very important to do because it keeps us from that dark hole of despair. See, a lot of times we focus on our negative thoughts and our negative feelings with regards to losing the person, and also maybe there's unresolved issues or concerns that we have, uh, that we didn't get to take care of. And so, focusing on those, especially now that it's virtually impossible to resolve those issues, at least not in the conventional way that we'd like to. So, focusing on those can be uh, a supreme uh, waste of your time and energy, especially with going through the grieving process and living the life that you want to live. So, focusing on more of those positive and happy times. Next, let's identify your thoughts and feelings about certain things, maybe religion and spirituality. What are your thoughts and feelings on that? If somebody passed away, did they go to heaven or a special place? Are they in an ethereal realm waiting for you to come? Uh, what are your views uh, on that? Coming to terms with that and uh, sticking to it, because this is what gives you hope. Um, Also, rationalizing the true effect of the loss on you. Just look at how your life has changed because this person is no longer here or in your life. And uh, instead of catastrophizing you know, where this is the end of my world and my life is never going to be good again or the same, let's, you know, look at some positives in your own life, some good things that are still happening and good things that you can do moving forward. Also, like I mentioned before, those unresolved issues and concerns, let's identify your own thoughts and feelings about those and search for ways that you can Maybe mentally or emotionally resolve those issues or or concerns, or maybe at least kind of uh, put them uh, away so that you don't perseverate over those things. Now, keeping in mind that it is healthy to talk about those things with people that you trust, or maybe even a professional, uh, but to not let that control you or cause you to become distraught in any way. Let's also find a new sense of happiness. You may be feeling like your life will never be happy again, but that's really untrue. There are ways for you to find happiness again, even though you lost this person, and moving towards engaging in new hobbies, or maybe carrying on your current hobbies, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you enjoy, the things that promote happiness for you. Don't punish yourself. Now, I usually don't use a negative or be commanding in any way, but I want to reiterate this. Do not punish yourself. Sometimes we engage in self-sabotaging behaviors. We feel, like I said before, that we need to pay some sort of penance because of our guilt or remorse over the situation. But sometimes we unrecognizably so and subconsciously feel that we need to maintain A level of suffering for the rest of our lives. This is not true, and this does not enable you to live the life that you want to live. It does not enable you to feel the way that you want to feel, and does not help you achieve the goals you want for your life. So, once again, don't punish yourself. Rather, honor the good. Honor the good of the person that you lost. Honor all the good things they did. Honor how you're going to move forward, and keep their memory alive. It's also very helpful to find solace in others, be it friends or peers, colleagues, maybe even going to see a pastor or a priest or a professional who specializes in trauma and grief. Sometimes going and seeking out groups, bereavement, grief, and loss can be very helpful because we can relate to each other and share our experiences and how we have learned to cope. Maybe even in this technologically advanced world, social media can help. Maybe posting things that honor the person you lost or finding people to chat with or relate to based on similar experiences of grief can be very helpful. Also, finding and utilizing a technique to cope in a more positive way. Now, finding a uh, coping strategy that works for you uh, can be um, sort of a trial and error thing. But I have a technique that I have used uh, myself many times and uh, it can be helpful for you. So I will describe this technique and how to do it and see if this can help you cope in a more positive way. So uh, here's the technique. Uh, This is where you would daily at first set aside a time. Maybe it's in the evening time because the the evening time tends to be, you know, after you've finished your day, uh, maybe the worst (laughs) part because that's when all the feelings really come. There's nothing necessarily to do. And so uh, you're just left with your own thoughts and emotions. So for the sake of discussion, let's just say we pick an arbitrary time in the evenings from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And this could be your time. Maybe it's from 9 to 9.30 or from 9 all the way to 10. And maybe it's a daily thing that you do. Um, You set aside this time, this half hour or hour, where this is the time that I sit and mourn. I grieve. I reflect on the person that I lost. I look at my own thoughts and feelings about the person. And I'll give you some things to reflect on here in a minute. But this is the time that you do that from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., And maybe it's every night at first, and maybe that ends up being one day that you pick out of the week or one day out of the month, or maybe moving forward every so often you do this. But so 9 to 10 p.m. I sit or I lie down and I focus on the person. I focus on my thoughts and feelings about them. I spend time with them. I... Enjoy the company of the memories of them. And so here are some ideas of things to reflect on during that time. How that person made me feel. Fond things I remember about them. How they made me better. How do I plan to honor them? What would I like to tell them? What would I like to share with them about my life? And then I'd also like to tell them, I love you, and I'll see you soon. Remember that the person you lost lives on through you, that you really have not lost any part of yourself, that you have actually gained. A piece of them and they will live on. So after your time is up for that evening, you close the proverbial book about them and you leave it there and you carry on with the rest of your evening or you go to sleep and you take care of yourself and you focus on your next day at work or your activities that you need to do, your responsibilities. And whenever you need or whenever you're triggered, Uh, You save that time or to reflect, to be with them, until you're set aside time from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And you only do this during that time. This can become a structured thing for you so that throughout the day, whenever you're triggered, whenever stuff comes up for you, uh, not that you're avoiding it, you're just saving it, you're just holding on. And so... In the evening time, you can reflect on, "Hey, this occurred, and it made me think of you, and so now I'm spending this time with you uh, to think about you, to honor you, to think about how I'm going to move forward, uh, and to share current things that are going on in my life with you, so that you're, you know, uh, sort of living it with me." So try out this technique, see if it works for you, and research some other techniques to find the one or several that really resonate with you, that help you kind of power through and cope in a more positive way. So to recap, we discussed how grief is our response to loss, and it's a normal part of our human experience. We talked about the differences between anticipatory grief versus traumatic grief. We went through the Kubler-Ross stages of death and dying, grief and loss. Remember, I told you the story about my sister and how I've kind of coped with that using the technique of setting aside daily time. We also talked about how we experience grief and then our current coping mechanisms while looking at more positive ways of coping and adapting, and then recognizing our triggers and what to do when they come up. We also made it clear to take care of yourself and to not punish yourself, to honor the person, and to take solace in others. Remember, you are not alone. There is hope, and you will have the life that you want. You will be able to live in a positive way, and you will be able to honor the person that you loved and lost. Thanks again for being here and enjoying our podcast. We look forward to having you back again. So stay tuned for upcoming episodes, and subscribe to be alerted when new episodes are released. And feel free to leave a comment to help us improve, and maybe even give topics for future podcasts. Thanks again. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit promindcenter.com, and please feel free to email us. Take care, and have a wonderful day.